Welcome back to Pod TST and LA Rams podcast. I'm Kenneth Arthur. Please make sure to subscribe to the show for this season. It's going to be quite a year for the LA Rams. I expect Bafo numbers for the Rams and for all Rams content because it's going to be such a talked about season. I think it's going to be such an exciting season. I think it's going to be such a winning season for the Rams. So subscribe to pod TST, help get the word out there. And I'm going to keep on coming to you when big news breaks and on a weekly basis with guests, sometimes without guests, but always talking about the Rams. And I think you're also going to enjoy this show because it is what I would consider to be the most honest NFL show in the world. I do not care about selling you on any fake narratives, no fake news, no hyperbole, no exaggeration. I think I just give it to you straight forward because that's all I know. I really just like to know what the facts are and then try to do my best job to really relay, relay those facts to you without any errors such as that one there, but I always just think, Hey, look, let's, let's just be factual. So I think more than anything, you're, you're going to get the most honest Rams show. And that is why when I say that, I believe the Rams are the best team in the NFC. When I say that, you know that I mean it. All right. And there's no bias involved. Right. So I would like to say just once and for all there. Yeah. Subscribe to the most honest NFL show there is. I'm honest about things and the way that I see them. And today, what I'm going to be honest about and the way that I see it is going to be the LA Rams final 55 man roster for now, uh, making its way down to 53 for the 2021 season. We posted that immediately as it happened on Turf Show Times, and you can check it out there. But it is a very interesting roster. There were a few surprises, uh, not just at the moment that it was announced, but surprises from throughout the year to see some of the names out there that made the team. And it doesn't, uh, surprises are not a necessarily a bad thing or a good thing. They're just surprising. And I'll go over what some of those surprises are quarterbacks obviously one of the big surprises if not the biggest was keeping Bryce Perkins as a quarterback number three I did notice around the NFL it felt like there were more third quarterbacks this year that could be related to COVID-19 vaccinations uh, it could have something to do with just the times that we live in. It could have to do with the importance of quarterback and maybe even just uh, maybe a rising value in quarterback trade value with Matthew Stafford being a prime example of that. It seems like it's coming, it's becoming more and more common for teams to trade quarterbacks and for teams maybe to fear that their quarterbacks will force a trade and be in a situation like the Packers are in with Aaron Rodgers, like the Seahawks are in with Russell Wilson, and like the Lions were in with Matthew Stafford before trading him. And it could be that quarterback trade value is going up. And if that's the case, having two potential players who could start for a team at quarterback 
or be high quality backups. Maybe that is worth something in trade. And maybe it's also why it's worth something for the Rams to have the situation that they have and make sure that Matthew Stafford is and the quarterback position is well protected. So for now, the Rams have Stafford, John Wolford, and Bryce Perkins. And I think that's going to play some potential factor here in the future of whether or not the Rams will indeed try and get Bryce Perkins onto the practice squad or if they do protect him for the entire season. Another surprise was only keeping three running backs. It's not that surprising. Sean McVay did this just two years ago. Maybe what is the most surprising is that one of those running backs is Sony Michelle. So even though the Rams went into camp with Cam Akers or, you know, Cam Akers was just about to, you know, to get there in camp. But and at that time, after the draft, everything, the Rams were looking at Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and then after the draft, Jake Funk, Xavier Jones, Raymond Kalai, and then all of a sudden, the only ones to make the final roster were Henderson and Funk, with Cam Akers, of course, going on injured reserve, and then Sony Michelle being added in a fairly, I think, good trade in terms of what the Rams had to give up. I, I don't think it was, I think it was worth it. And so uh, Sony Michelle has been acquired and I don't think that that is as exciting or as um, impactful as Cam Akers, a healthy Cam Akers would have been. I do think it is a pretty good second, but you know, choice, you know, the, the Rams had to be out there on the market. We, we wrote about, I wrote about all of the potential trade targets, uh, on turf show times at running back. I, I profiled Sony Michelle once, if not twice. And Sony Michelle was indeed acquired via trade. And I would have put him near the top of the list of all of those options that were out there. So I think the Rams did pretty good in ensuring the running back position with Michelle, obviously, at any point, any running back is in danger of getting hurt and missing time, and probably that was the position that was affected the most as far as injuries in August. So right now, it looks like uh, we've got Henderson and Michelle really sharing the load there, but it may not be long before we see Jake Funk, and I, I don't know. We'll just see how Jake Funk is. I think that the fact that he wasn't in that last game could say a lot, the last preseason game about the way that they feel about him in practice and, you know, that he's picked up enough there in practice that, you know, they're okay with protecting him and knowing his injury history there that uh, Jake Funk, you know, might play a pretty important role. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how much Sean McVay even really wants to use Funk on special teams. Maybe he does want to use him a lot, not be too careful, but that is also where a lot else can happen. I guess it just depends. At wide receiver, definitely Ben Skournick was a interesting uh, guy who made the the final roster. Given that you know he does have a broken forearm, and even if the Rams know that uh, they could place him on short term IR and get one of those roster spots back immediately for a seventh round wide receiver special teamer who, you know, almost went undrafted and then didn't really put anything on tape or much on tape in the training camp in the preseason. Uh, it's kind of interesting that uh, he's there, but that could speak highly of what they do know and believe and have seen out of Scourneck. So even though the wide receiver position already seemed too deep 
with Jacob Harris potentially serving as a de facto number seven wide receiver this year or number six when Skowernick is out. Uh, it is interesting that, uh, you know, the Rams just see that much value there in all of these wide receivers, of course, but especially Skowernick. Uh, and after having drafted Tutu Atwell, but that has to be a special teams decision to some degree as well, given how little he's going to play on offense. Uh, at tight end, Tyler Higby, Johnny Munt, Jacob Harrison, Bryson Hopkins, Bryson Hopkins, a small surprise, a guy who I think fans are anxious to see have some positive reports become the player that uh, could replace Gerald Everett and to some degree, just at least as far as being uh, a starting quality tight end to two, you know, something like that and grown a little bit impatient in terms of that development there. But the tight end position is a difficult one to pick up. And the Rams clearly did not believe that he would make it onto their practice squad. And we've seen the tight end value is pretty high right now as well speaking of trade value for positions so having him there um, means that he most likely would never get through waivers and teams would be willing to wait another one or two or even three years I don't know uh, and to see what sort of happens there at offensive line I, I don't know you know t- to some degree obviously uh, Alaric Jackson AJ Jackson an undrafted free agent making it was surprising And Bobby Evans, some thought, wouldn't make it through. But that wasn't too surprising to me because clearly Sean McVay has proven throughout the years that he values guys who know the system, have been around, are comfortable, and and especially there at offensive line where he stuck by guys like Brian Allen. And, you know, and and now we've got Coleman Shelton also made the roster, though he is also injured and will go – uh, or is uh, on the COVID-19 list. So I don't want to say that incorrectly making sure we're being honest, right? So that is, uh, you know, in Tremaine Ancrum, a, a slight surprise, although everybody kind of expected it. And when Tremaine Ancrum's name wasn't immediately out there and there was a little bit of confusion on that one and Sean McVay cleared it up in the press conference, uh, every, between that time, everyone said, why cut Tremaine Ancrum? So that did not happen. And at defensive line, Michael Hoyt and Jonah Williams being the number six and number seven defensive linemen was somewhat surprising, uh, but both had their moments in the preseason, and it became a little less surprising for at least Michael Hoyt going into those final cuts. Um, Maybe Ernest Jones being cut and the team going with Jonah Williams, obviously, could be surprising as well. But given that we didn't really hear much about Ernest Brown, it became more and more of a foregone conclusion. Nine linebackers were kept. Micah Kaiser getting cut was a difficult one for Sean McVay, who, again, likes to stick by guys who he's had around for a little while. But they obviously felt that they could not let go of Ernest Jones, of course, the third-round pick. And then with the numbers working out that the way that they did, Traven Howard making the roster and Micah Kaiser did not. And then Chris Garrett, another seventh-round pick, who made the roster and did so with impressive performances in training camp and preseason. And I do tend to favor guys who fell in the draft for reasons of competition and who they faced in college, because, you know, that does feel to me like a little bit safer at least than the guys who have injury histories. So that's one thing I think that also gives people a lot of hope for Chris Garrett is that we really don't know what he could be. 
only four cornerbacks on the roster, and we'll see how David Long fares at nickel cornerback, how much the roster will, uh, the uh, <laughs> Raheem Morris will use this, the way that he'll use the safeties and how he'll sort of get other guys involved. If anyone is struggling, you know, obviously I think with Jalen Ramsey being able to move around to the defense, David Long might serve more time uh, on the outside, of course, than on the inside, you know, so that's not necessarily the way that the Rams defense works as far as there being that sort of defined nickel player and safety. J Juju Hughes made it again, as well as J.R. Reed, which became less surprising as final cuts approached. And of course the team went with Johnny Hecker over Corey Fajorquez. So that is uh, the final roster, the 53 man roster. The Rams also had a practice squad announcement on Wednesday. You can read about that, of course, on turf show times, and there were no real surprises. Micah Kaiser returning on the practice squad, which, of course, any of these guys are just one game away, potentially, from getting into a game. And uh, Dante Dion, Justin Lawler, Kareem Orr, Chandler Brewer, Ernest Brown, Marquise Copeland, Kendall Blanton, all guys who we thought might have a chance at getting onto the roster and uh, as well as J.J. Koski, Landon Akers, Otis Anderson, Jeremiah Coloni. So that is the, uh, as well as Max Percher. So that's the practice squad, and you can read all about it on Turf Show Times. That's it for this episode of Pod TST. Come back next time for the next episode.